0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Fantasy Sports Today.
1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two on the show with me and Joe today. He hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Bluett. He's at Joe Galena. Uh, we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff here in terms of football, fantasy football, and uh, maybe look ahead at some some odds as well. Uh, but the first of all, the kudos to the Chicago Bears. They went to the White Sox game Uh, Last night, and we're crushing beers, chugging beers (laughs) as a team. Mitch Trubisky and Kyle Long going at it. So it was – they did a first pitch last night. So uh, that was kind of fun. Um, I might actually root for them to win the Super Bowl based on that drinking performance, which I can appreciate. (laughs) Uh, And the only other thing uh, that I saw really of note yesterday is that uh, Packers coach Matt LaFleur – Tore his Achilles playing hoops. He's playing a game of knockout or horse or whatever it was. Tore his Achilles. So the the big the major injury in NFL football uh, looks like it's the Packers coach Matt Lafleur. So I don't know how much that'll impact him, but uh, you know anybody can get hurt. You start getting into your 30s and 40s and you're acting like you were in your, <laughs> your 20s. It's a sure way to tear your Achilles. It's happened to a bunch of people that I know, and mm-hmm. the doctors every time they see him, they're like, "Yep." par for the course guy trying to be a weekend warrior he's got right 10 15 pounds extra on him he's in a little <laughs> worse shape than he used to be and he goes out there tries to play hoops and
2: boom he's uh he's down for the count freak accident right even uh, who knows what he was playing i, I, I could get hurt just playing horse uh, in basketball so you look you know you got to know your limitations right yep uh, absolutely so
1: um all right, so you sent me over some articles which are of interest to a lot of people listening out there. Uh, and our buddy Jim Day, who we've done shows with here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and he's a director um, over at FantasyFFChamps.com, mm-hmm. so you can find this article over there. They did a 2QB Experts Invitational Draft.
2: I, uh, think, I think they're, they're the going to play this one out, right? They're going to play this one out? Yeah, I think so, and there's some interesting, really uh, top names of the industry involved in this. So it's uh, great uh, to follow along and and you know get their take on things. Yeah,
1: so I'll throw out the names. You got Matt Berry from ESPN, uh, Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys, Mike Clay also of ESPN, and Jim Day is in there at FF Champs, Doctor Roto. You can hear. Uh, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekdays uh, in the afternoons. Uh, Matt Harmon from Yahoo, Bob Harris, friend of mine from Football Diehards, Liz Loza uh, from Yahoo, John Paulson from 4 for 4 Fantasy, Jeff Ratcliffe, Pro Football Focus, he's in uh, my Dynasty League with me, Uh, Adam Ronitz at Full Time Fantasy, uh, and Evan Silva from Roto World. So, I played in leagues with mm, I, just about everybody here. Doctor Roto actually and Sigmund Bloom I think are in that Dynasty League with me as well. Uh, I played in a regular season league a couple of years ago, Serious X and Invitational with Evan Silva. He won that league I think.
2: Hey, he knows that was stuff, the most. Comp-
1: I think it was that's t- the most competitive <laughs> single league I was ever in, because even though it was for no money, there was just such good names in there. Mm-hmm. And there were a million transactions, and it was a hard league because there was not much available on the waiver wire, and there was a fab process, and there was – the the top 11 of the 12 teams were so tight that it, it was just – everybody had <laughs> – you know, everybody was like <laughs> between eight and four and six and seven by the end of the year. Wow, very nice competitive. Leagues. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I missed the the playoffs, but by you know one win. Uh, but kudos to Evan Silva. He does a really good job. He puts out a lot of great stuff on Twitter. He's absolutely he's one of the does, better, yes he's one of the better fantasy football follows out there because he's mm-hmm. constantly uh, dredging information. But. Uh the league is a 2 QB expert league. So that does change it up. Not super flex. 2 QBs two, and two tight ends they start as well. Yes. So <laughs> this is the start- this is an interesting setup. Mm. That's right. The starting lineup is 2 QBs starting lineup Two QBs, three running backs, four wide receivers, two di- two tight ends, and then two flexers, which can be running back, wide receiver, or tight end for a total of thirteen starters. The starter, mm-hmm. the scoring also gives a slight boost to QBs and tight ends. Twenty four round draft. So this is really just turns into a sort of a best ball league. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. has it's similar to Scott Fishbowl leagues uh the way that they've been set up in the past scott fishbowl last year the rosters were 22 and mm-hmm. uh, i'll make a segue in a moment but scott fishbowl invitations went out yesterday i believe yes yes uh, so, so i got mine so I don't did we have i to yeah. do
2: anything yet right you, we're just no we're no we're going to be in, getting in, so. yeah we're going to be yeah. getting an invitation for i think it's uh Played on fan, my fantasy league, and uh, yeah. just kudos uh, real quick uh, to uh, Scott Fish regarding uh, that the charity that he set up, the FantasyCares.net, where yeah. uh, they uh, purchase toys for children around Christmas time. And last year they raised over forty-four thousand five hundred dollars. So amazing! Uh, you don't amazing. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't have to you know, be in the fantasy industry. Just go to FantasyCares.net. You know, donate whatever you can. But kudos to Scott Fish not only for setting up this league, the Scott Fishbowl uh, league but just the, the charity uh, gives everyone an opportunity to contribute and, and uh, make Christmas time uh, a little happier. It's the best example kids. I can think of
1: somebody utilizing their pulpit, uh, to put it in quotes, as a fantasy mm-hmm. football expert for good. There's mm-hmm. plenty of guys out there that are doing really nice things. Scott isn't the only one doing it. But mm-hmm. I always like to shine a light on him. And I'll get Scott on here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, looking forward we'll to talk, it. Yeah. We'll talk mm-hmm. about the league. We'll probably do mm-hmm. it after the scoring comes out because he mm-hmm. changes the scoring every year. Um, so you really have to know what the rules are. Last year was super flex. A mm-hmm. uh, year before it was too. But there's last year there were kickers to the tight end, which is what I think inspired some of the scoring here on this yeah. fantasy football champs uh, draft. And he always so, sets
2: up... Uh, Different, like last year, the divisions were based on television shows. This yeah. year's divisions are going to be based on uh, video, game, video characters. game characters. Do you have yeah. Do you have a favorite? By the way, before you get on to the other thing, So I
1: am. I'm don't play video games. Uh, I <laughs> in in my youth and during college, I was relatively obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. And I realized during college, by the end of college, that it was really unproductive for me. <laughs> right. So as a personal choice, I quit video games. Right, right. Like every once in a while, I won't go play golden tea if I'm with a friend in a pub or something like that. But, uh, I don't pick up controllers. In fact, like in an, in an office environment, one time, uh, I, a couple of guys I knew were playing FIFA and, to pick up the controller after never having really used one is pretty crazy because back in the day we had a three-button Sega Genesis controller and an Atari joystick and really basic stuff. So yes. it takes a while to get used to the complicated, more complicated controllers that are used now. And, agreed, agreed, um, yeah. So I don't want to spend the time to get good at it. That's the bottom right, line. Right, right. My son, in a couple of years, will probably be begging me for <laughs> a video game Setup, up and mm-hmm. I would probably Capitulate I think I just Won't spend that much time Doing it it's not productive right. for me Personally I am in no mm-hmm. way critical of people That do but right, if I right. was picking video Game characters uh, You know they didn't even really market video games like that back in the day. I, I probably quit when Mario Brothers and Sonic the Hedgehog were at the <laughs> height of their powers. So I'm sure right, those right. will be on there. And uh, what is it? King Loompa is the one from Mario Brothers. Uh the princess from Mario Brothers. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know any of their freaking names. I, I don't. So, Lara Croft, I would imagine, will be a video game character on there. I don't really have a favorite. Um, yeah. I I was always more partial to sports games anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I I played Tecmo Bowl and I love and, Tecmo Se- Ball, Yes.
2: And Sega Hockey and yeah, that and, was a Blades of Steel. <laughs> uh, Blades of the Steel. Nintendo, was one, that, too, was that was a great right. one too. <laughs> yeah, I don't play video games, uh, you know, I haven't played in a very, very long time. But there was a little period uh, where, uh, you know, like with the original Nintendo, so, uh, you know, the, the Mario Brothers and whatnot. But I, I put in, uh, there, there was a game Punch-Out! back in the day. I don't know if you're familiar with Oh, Mike that. Tyson, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, No, but it was before even Mike, the, you know, Mike Tyson lent oh, his no, name to it, it. it. They just called yeah. it Punch-Out! And the, yeah. the, the the main character who gets his uh, butt kicked is uh, Glass Joe. So uh, I, that's who yeah. I uh, sent in. I said so I I'll so be Glass it. Joe. So I, I would imagine <laughs> we'll
1: use all those. Uh Glass Joe and Bald Bull and yeah, uh yeah. the one that looked like King, King Kong Bundy Uh right, I right, right,
2: right. Hippo, King
1: Hippo.
2: Right, King Hippo. He would pop you yeah. on the top of the head. Yeah, so, Sean, <laughs> come on here for
1: a minute. So Sean, Sean's who a big would Gamer. You, yeah. You're a gamer. And again, I'm not being critical of gamers. I just mm-hmm. don't do it because I found it to be personally uh unproductive because i get addicted to it and i don't want to play for hours and I, I i just don't can't do that so so sean who would you suggest that scott fish uses as a video game character hmm. like who's your favorite that's who would be your favorite video game character
2: that's a pretty sean, what's the game call. where they combine <laughs> disney characters and other is that heart as hearts or something like that kingdom hearts kingdom hearts okay I, I, like I said, I haven't played uh, video games in a long time. But uh, and every time I try to get into Madden, NFL, it's fun. But like, like you said, uh, Blewett, uh, I mean, it, it, there's better things that you could do with your time. But not that we'd ever criticize anybody for you know spending time playing video yeah, games. I it, just, yeah. I just didn't. I I just decided after college that I, it wasn't going to be a productive way
1: for me to spend my time. So mm-hmm. uh, whether it's going to the gym or going out and meeting people, I was well, talking to me on, to on Saturdays. That. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a social butterfly, Joe. I, gotta be with I know. I'm out with, I gotta be out with the people. I can't be home uh, playing video games. So you're but a man again, of the no, people. No criticisms. So let's get back to this draft, Sean. Yes. Think about who your favorite video game character is, and then pipe in. Uh, we'll do it at Whenever the top you of the yeah. next segment. So all right. So here's how the first round went. Again, that setup is two. QBs, three running backs, four wide receivers, two tight ends, two flex. Uh, Scoring gives a slight boost to the QBs and the tight ends. I'm going to assume it to be a PPR because it doesn't say it right here. But uh, starting out, Jim Day, who organized the league, gets the number one overall pick. That's convenient. Uh, He goes Saquon Barkley uh, to the New York Giants. Uh, Number two, Dr. Roto, Chris McCaffrey. Uh, number three, John Paulson, Zeke Elliott. Number four, Matt Barry, Alvin Kamara. Now you'll notice this is a two QB league. Nobody going for QBs just yet. Yeah. Matt Harmon. Matt Harmon from Yahoo. DeAndre Hopkins. That's the first receiver off the board. Uh, Devontae Adams is next. Then Travis Kelsey. Um. Uh, with the scoring boost to the tight ends, it's why you see Kelsey here. I think mm-hmm. Kelsey will have the opportunity in many of your single redraft, single year redraft leagues, will have an opportunity in PPR leagues to go in the first round. I think seven is a little aggressive, but we're splitting hairs here when I'm talking between seven and 12. If somebody feels like with the absence of Tyreek Hill and Mahomes still throwing at the rate with which he'll throw that Kelsey will see an even bigger boost in the offense, I can get down with that theory.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, in this league, sure. Uh, in, in, a, in a regular league where you're starting one tight end, uh, me personally, I would still wait. And, and you know, based on our conversations and what I've heard from you, I I, I you tend to wait on, on tight ends,
1: right? I would, n- I would never do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, the the the, diff- the difference here is that it is a two-tight-end league. Correct. So, and there's
2: so few really yeah. good tight ends, yeah. So, yeah, and he's of... picking
1: seven. He knows mm-hmm. he may not get the other ones on the turn. So in the two-tight-end league, this makes far more sense than in a yeah. single-tight-end sure. redraft league. But I am mm-hmm. telling you, I, I think there will be – be people out there that will have kelsey ranked in those top 15 might players. be yeah so, yeah i wouldn't doubt so it so yeah. getting him at 12 in a ppr league isn't really that nuts we used to especially see especially without tyree kill maybe
2: right that's right without
1: tyree that's kill right. <laughs> kelsey's got to get a little bit of a boost that's right and you know we're waiting on the tyree kill thing There's yeah. no news on it right now so um i can't expect it'll be good news but uh, we're just waiting to hear what happens. Uh, the, the Chiefs are waiting it out. They didn't wait it out with Kareem Hunt. They're waiting it out with Tyreek Hill. Obviously, they are a lot yeah. of money to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really, the. I, I, I would suspect that's the primary motivating factor in hanging on to him. They've already committed a lot of money to him. He's mm-hmm. a big part of their plans moving forward. So uh, I think they'll have to feel out exactly what happens from a legal standpoint. I, I, I won't be, I'm not going to be hypercritical of them. In this instance because it all looks bad but i don't know exactly what happened and you have to figure out what the legal process is i think obviously with the cream hunt situation there was video we saw he was now while there wasn't any major punches struck as we saw with ray rice and joe mixon um Kareem Hunt was actively trying to get into a fight with a woman, mm-hmm. which made it really easy with that video evidence to release him. Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tyree Kill. We don't have any video evidence. If we had video evidence of him hurting a kid, or we threatening-
2: supposedly have audio. If you believe that that's yeah. him on that audio, but that's uh, right. Look, you know, that's, that's not, right. not for us really to. You know, th- th- at the end of the day, you and I, I think we we 100% agree that we care about the welfare of the child, right? That just yeah. that's basically it.
1: You yeah, it's, so.
2: uh, you know, no-brainer stuff. I don't I, want to put I, words I, in your mouth, but uh, I mean, no. that's... Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's,
1: it's 100% <laughs> in agreement with you. I just, I, there's always this situation where the te- if the teams wait, people start criticizing them, and it doesn't mean that the Chiefs are supporting of what Tyreek Hill may have done. It just means that they're waiting to hear what exactly happened before they make a decision. I understand that you can't always wait, but in this instance, they're waiting, and I I guess I can understand why. Uh, (laughs) The rest of the first round, we'll evaluate it on the other side because we're running out of time. But the number eight pick went to Jeff Radcliffe. He took Todd Gurley. Number nine, Mike Clay, Le'Veon Bell. Number 10, Melvin Gordon. Uh, to Bob Harris, number 11, Evan Silva takes David Johnson. And number 12, Adam Ronis, he takes James Conner. So as you see in that first round, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine running backs, two wideouts, outs, one tight end. And it's a two QB, two tight end league. Does that surprise you? Yes, it does.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that nobody took Mahomes in that first round, but uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about him when we come back. But uh, uh, he goes in the second yeah, round. You'll yeah, see. Yeah.
1: You'll find out where, and mm-hmm. we'll see if Sigmund Bloom's strategy of taking Travis Kelsey at seven made sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this draft. Get into a little bit more NFL news, futures. On the NFL and everything. It's Mike and Joe on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Be right back after this. On FNTSY. Going through an expert draft. A couple other pieces of news. Um, the Texas Cut veteran tight end Ryan Griffin leaving Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins, Kylie Waring, and Darren Fells to complete for, compete for playing time at the positions. Is called, according to Shereen Williams. Uh, of pro football talk So Thomas, a converted receiver Has taken first team reps during OTAs And according to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle Is the tight end who is, quote, building a case As the top candidate to be a starter He says, I'm still learning, am still learning my body Everybody's fast at this level Still trying to tra- to transition to that speed and just how to control my body and get in and out of routes. So, he played tight end, defensive end, and offensive tackle at East Central Community College in Mississippi before moving to whiteout at Mississippi State in Starkville. So they drafted him in the sixth round last year with plans to use him as a tight end, and he played 470 offensive snaps, while making 20 catches for two, fifteen, and four touchdowns. So, uh, Bill O'Brien has some positive things to say about him. I think. Stories like this players give players a little bit of a buzz and a little bit of a bump. Uh, uh-huh. But this, I think, also speaks to how sort of messy the tight end position can be because people are trying to find the diamond <laughs> in the rough. And Jordan Thomas, a guy that's played tight end for a total of, uh, you know, professionally he's played it for a year and he's still learning the position. So the upside is that the Texans, I think, with Deshaun Watson are – A pass heavy offense to some extent with DeAndre Hopkins there and having Jordan Thomas maybe being a red zone threat and an offense that could put up some points potentially. I think there's a little something there. I'd be willing to take a shot on somebody like this. Uh, I will go, I will likely look for somebody more established, but I think this is just indicative of what this position is all about. You're trying to find a diamond in the rough. And last year, people picked up Eric Ebron off of waiver wires for the mm-hmm. most part, and he dominated with touchdowns. So um, it's an interesting story, though. Uh, they cut the veteran, and uh, I knew going in, the reason I like Kahali Waring in dynasty leagues is because I don't think they had, I didn't think or don't think they have much there at the tight end position. Now, Jordan Thomas may establish himself here as the starter. Interestingly, Kahali Waring, does also does not have a lot of football playing experience he started playing football as a senior in high school and i think he's still learning the position so warring i like long term paired up with guys like hopkins and uh deshaun watson i i think warring is there's potential there not as a rookie though and maybe jordan thomas is the primary option at tight end in houston this year
2: yeah, it takes uh, rookie tight ends typically some time to get accustomed to playing the position in uh, in the NFL. And, you, you know, you look at uh, Thomas, he's 6'5", 277, so he's got the body type, good hands, a little over 74% catch rate last year. In this type of league that we're going over now where you're starting two tight ends, uh, he might be a guy that you get, like, real late, you know, maybe 20th round is maybe, uh, you know, your third tight end, uh, and maybe he could... Uh, give you some upside there, you know, play, I'll play his ADP. Yeah. Uh, Another
1: important story to note is again, via pro football talk and Mike Florio is there's a question as to whether or not Josh Norman could be, become a post-June 1 cap casualty? Uh, Folks at NBCSportsWashington.com have raised that question. And prior to 2006, June 1 had a significant meeting on the NFL calendar. Now it's mostly an afterthought with um, many of the the cuts coming beforehand. Now, here's what could happen here. If they cut him post-June 1, it spread some cap consequences over two years, $3 million counting against the cap in 2019 and $3 million counting, uh, counting against the cap in 2020. Those are remnants of the signing bonus signed a couple of years ago. Uh, but him would also dump $11.5 million in salary and per-game roster bonuses for this year. You see a lot of players structured with those types of deals. So it looks like the big number looks good, but when you start looking down deeper into the way that these contracts are structured now, the per-game roster bonuses are a big deal. It could be as much as $500,000 a game, Joe, because— which is how that adds up. By the way, five hundred thousand dollars per game. That's eight million dollars over the course of the year. Uh, right. So cutting him would dump eleven and a half million in salary, and net cap gain of eight and a half million dollars this year. Um, uh, they could now they could have cut him with a post June one designation before the offseason program, uh, avoiding the risk that he could suffer during these workouts. And, obviously, if they get injured during that, they're fully guaranteed due to injury, and he would have gotten all the $11 million. But at at present, he's not hurt. Um, maybe they try to squeeze him to take a pay cut, but Josh Norman may just walk and, and try to look for another opportunity.
2: It be interesting elsewhere. to so, see where he lands, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, three years after signing a contract worth $15 million per year from inception, yeah, he's he really has a great contract amongst all the quarterbacks. And the fact that no one has caught Norman – uh, arguably makes him more vulnerable to getting squeezed, meaning that no other corners have gotten paid more than him in the three mm-hmm. years since he inked that deal. So um, interesting to look at. Uh, I, I'd have to dive a little bit deeper into their cap to see yeah. where they need money. But the, the obvious notation is that Alex Smith is locked in on money and he's never he may never play for them again. So right right uh, and they're dealing with a higher priced rookie quarterback now. Rookie quarterbacks compared to regular quarterbacks yeah, that are veterans are getting paid a lot less, but they're also paying the veterans. So there's a lot of money right now dedicated to the quarterback position in Washington for reasons beyond their control, and maybe right. that's how they're looking to save money and, and sign extra players as well. So uh, that story uh, is is worth continuing to monitor over the next week or so. Maybe about the time yep. they come yep. back next week. week they could cut it. But uh, something to look at. So, all right, so we, we saw the results of that expert draft. David Johnson at 11. I like Evan Silva taking the chance on David Johnson there. Um, I guess you said to some extent you're surprised about the lack of quarterbacks, but it is funny, in expert leagues – as much as we talk about certain things when you get all the experts in a room together there's a game of chicken there yes they realize that there's some value at the qb position and they all want to make sure they had one workhorse back in there most of them Mm -hmm. did before turning the page to look at that uh kelsey thing is unique to this league to some extent, and DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams, uh, I can sign off on those because they feel safer than Gurley, Bell, Gordon, Johnson, Connor. right?
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Wouldn't you uh, agree? Yeah. Adams and Hopkins are safer than that second wave of running backs?
2: Yeah, I would say so. Um and I think it's worth just mentioning a couple of things with these running backs that were taken early. Mike, uh, Zeke, yeah. what would you think about that little uh, incident that he had that supposedly the NFL is looking at where he you know, he, had, he was in handcuffs for five minutes and then he, was taking, he just keeps on putting himself in bad situations. Yeah. Like uh, you know, yeah. I said this last week, look, if, if trouble keeps
1: finding you, it's you. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It isn't the trouble. It mm-hmm. isn't people trying to put you in a bad spot. If you're out getting hammered at a concert, God bless. But if you're Zeke Elliott and you've been in trouble a couple of times before and there's people with cameras on you, maybe don't get hammered at a mm-hmm. festival. Like, I don't right, know. Right. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have mm-hmm. advice for you, because I. I but I, I do have a criticism in that you keep getting into trouble. Was this a major incident? No. I saw the no. video.
2: It's just Zeke and Zeke was up around. And the, guy know of, right, and the guy
1: sort of right. The guy, you know, the guy tripped when Zeke chest bumped him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Zeke didn't assault him, but Zeke was getting in the guy's face. And uh, again, it's you, man. It, mm-hmm. There's multiple incidents now, some of which are serious. And the DA's office said they think a crime happened, but they didn't have enough evidence to prosecute. The right. other is you being an idiot in Mardi Gras and the, the other, other th- is you being an idiot at a concert. Like just messing with security, he's sort of lucky that it didn't escalate and create an arrest situation because he pushes that guy, he chest bumps that guy and the guy trips over the the railing. If that security guard didn't really care about his job and started swinging on Zeke and then Zeke hits him mm-hmm. back, then I'm it's a, huge, at a it's, whole different story. And Zeke
2: Right, right.
1: So then you're arrested for assault. So, uh, look, he's an idiot. I don't know that much will happen, but Zeke is walking now in the same shoes as Le'Veon Bell walked, and that he's clearly an extremely talented workhorse running back, which the team would love to have locked up for a reasonable number. Now, the Steelers couldn't come to an agreement with Le'Veon Bell, but In the background of all of that, and maybe in the foreground of it, was the fact that Le'Veon Bell had suffered multiple suspensions. And if he decided to miss more drug tests or smoke weed and get busted again, he was gone for a year. So that was always a part of the evaluation of the Steelers. It's significant to the discussion. And Zeke is putting himself in a similar position, that when Mm -hmm. it is time... Dak's going to get his deal and Marcus Lawrence gets his deal and now Zeke's got to come to the table they'll say I don't know if we have that much money left Mm -hmm. paying these offensive linemen maybe we just draft a rookie running back and see what we can do because we all know that quote unquote running backs don't matter and Mm -hmm. we see different guys be successful at the role are they as talented as Zeke? No but You'd rather try to get by with a less talented running back when all the other positions are figured out, Joe, than you would having to pay the running back and then figure everything else
2: out. Correct? Right, right, right. And if that's the case, if that's the, the uh, Cowboys' ultimate intention, that could help uh, fantasy owners uh, as well because, uh, you know, hey, Cowboys could just run him into the ground for the next uh, couple of years until, you know, he, he's due for his yeah, exactly. Yeah, with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah,
1: Le'Veon Bell carried the ball four hundred times and then sat out a whole year, and now he's on a team where the coach doesn't even want him there. So, right?
2: Oh boy, he got
1: paid, so he didn't care. But, um, and I don't. I never blamed. And I'm a Steelers fan. I never blamed either side. I'll be totally honest. I was sitting here last year saying that James Conner, maybe not exactly at this time, but after the franchise tag designation deadline, which is in the middle of July, went by, I thought Levion was going to hold out. I didn't think mm-hmm. he was going to sit out the whole year. And I told everybody that I thought James Conner was a big value. That was all part of that process in me. People thought I was crazy that he was going to hold out. Ah, he'll never uh he'll never sacrifice those checks. Well he did. Gave them all he up. Did, yeah. <laughs> Gave every one of them up. Mm-hmm. Didn't need it. Didn't need the 14 million dollars in his opinion because he saved his body a year and then he got paid by the Jets. So we'll see how mm-hmm. that goes. Anyway, that was a long tangent. Uh That's no, fine. Great stuff. This, yeah. th- there's a uh the getting back to that draft. So all right, so David Johnson there Evan Silva at 11. I like that there. I could see a bounce back. I still have a lot of concerns about that offensive line. I've talked about it extensively. Uh, yeah, the addition of Kyler and Kingsbury uh, are good additions. Christian Kirk coming back off the ACL. That probably is not going to happen at the beginning of the year. Uh, I think Christian Kirk has a tough year as he fights back Uh, through the rehab of the ACL maybe by the end of the year he can be more effective Um, but we saw Julian Edelman come back and be effective after you know uh, after getting hurt at the end of the year but round number two uh, back to Adam Ronas who was on the turn he takes Kittle there so he was at the turn he got James Conner and George Kittle in this league I kind of like that Uh, yeah me too Yeah, but you know, if I'm looking at him in comparison to some other guys out there, uh, Evan Silva takes Odell Beckham. So uh, Evan Silva walks away with David Johnson and o- Odell Beckham. I think I like that combo um, maybe a little bit better than Connor and Kittle. Uh, so uh, back to round two, it's Kittle, then Beckham, Bob Harris takes Zach Ertz. So there you go. The tight ends were not going to get back to Sigmund Bloom at all. Mm-hmm, uh, the mm-hmm. top three went in the top 15 picks with uh, Kelsey Kittle and Ertz. Uh, Back to Mike Clay. He gets Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas went 16th in this draft.
2: Uh, Surprising to me. I almost want to take Thomas before I take Odell, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, especially crazy. with the way Odell, the number of games that Odell has missed over the past few years. I know he's going to be charged up to to show the Giants they were wrong and trading him away. And it's part well, of a, a, what. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's not wrong. Right, so, right. Uh, so, <laughs>
1: uh, but the Michael Thomas was taking shots tremendous. at the Giants here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I know, I know. they, they deserve they put it. They the bullseye they on it. them. Yes. Yeah, so. Yes. <laughs> Michael Thomas uh, obviously was great uh, for uh, big portions of the year, had a good season overall. I I think this probably speaks a little bit more to the Browns running the up, uh, a little bit more of a high-octane offense with Freddie Kitchens Mm -hmm. at the helm. And – the Saints obviously mixing Kamara in a lot. Drew Brees another year older. Do the, is there any going to be any kind of regression in the Saints' offense? Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I,
2: are you concerned be- with Kamara in terms of him having to be? I, I know Latavius Murray is there, but I'm, I'm looking at Kamara even in college. Right, uh, 107 carries, 103 carries, and uh, and his pro career. Uh, you know th- how many carries last year? 194, 120. Uh, I know he's a big, big PPR guy, but uh, are you concerned with him maybe having a you know carry the ball maybe 250, 275 times? Do you even think that the Saints might, might give him the ball that much? And, and, you I know, don't think continue? they will do that. <laughs> yeah. I think
1: they'll utilize him in the way that he needs to be utilized. And, and trying yeah. to make him carry the ball 250 mm-hmm. times, I don't think that's going to be his game. Mm-hmm. I, I think... Chris McCaffrey, I, I, I thought people were down on him thinking he wasn't as durable, but I thought that was misguided. I think McCaffrey can be more of a workhorse back, so to speak, than Kamara can. Does mm-hmm. that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. i seen those, those pictures of him all jacked. He's a CNC. ridiculous <laughs> athlete. I, 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 I think Human people specimen. really sold
1: him short going into last year. Mm-hmm. He was a clear first-round pick for me last year, and he did survive to the second round in a lot of drafts. So, um, not this year. <laughs> no, no. He, 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 and Kamara. Look, they went in the top four here. I think that speaks volumes about what experts think of those guys. Um, we had Joe Mixon here. Pat Mahomes is the first quarterback off the board at eighteen. We got Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook. Julio Jones, Juju, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Andrew Luck is the second quarterback off the board. We'll come back talk more about that track, the FFFFF Champs 2QB Invitational Track, after this. We'll
0: be right back.
1: California. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike and Joe, we're here until eleven, and it's myself and Cam Stewart from eleven to two. So I'm on the longboard today. Uh, getting it done for you. We'll talk uh, anything you want to talk about, frankly. If you anybody wanted to call in, they could. 844 6879 844-843-6879. Talk about whatever you want to, today. Uh, let's keep it to sports, but, you know, I'm open to other stuff, too. You want to talk about, <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, wishing Joe a happy birthday, a belated happy birthday. You can do that. You want to talk about uh, what to do with your life? Uh, I'll talk about that as well. I probably have bad advice on that front, but uh, happy to
2: do it. So, uh, all right. Could so, uh, wish us a National Go Barefoot Day? Is You ever take a look at these calendars, man? That the, Today, there's like five yeah, or six weird. different national days. It's National so Nail Polish Day. Okay, you want nail to really hear Okay. Yeah, I, I nail, nail Polish Day? Yeah, National Nail Polish Day. So right, I'm right. Yeah, Nation- here's a good one, though. Here's a good one. National Say Something Nice Day. I like that one. Joe, uh, you're a gentleman and a
1: scholar. There you go. I've fulfilled my. <laughs> there you go, buddy. There my, you my, go. Nice you. I don't have to say uh, something nice to everyone. I just say something nice.
2: Exactly. To right. To, to everyone you meet, right? I'll just. A couple more because there's a lot of them. National Olive Day. I hate olives. National. So out. Do you? You hate yeah, olives? I do. Wow. I don't like them. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met anyone that hates olives. Okay. Green uh, How about. Out. Yeah. National Heimlich Maneuver Day?
1: I mean, how do you
2: celebrate that? <laughs> you try to uh, on something, so that can just wolf down a bunch of bread without drinking any water and see if somebody can help you out. So, and the uh, last one place. I'll mention, uh, National Pen Pal Day. In this day of emails and uh, texting and stuff, do you really? really need a Pen Pal Day? I, don't yeah, know. Uh, I wonder if Pen Pal, uh, as a term, has morphed, though, into something... Yeah.
1: Uh, greater than that. Like uh, it could be an email pal. Pen pal may just be in quotes now where you can mm-hmm. have somebody that you write to from time to time. But even that doesn't really happen anymore. I don't communicate <laughs> right. with anybody regularly over email. In fact, our fearless leader, Mike Cardano, is always getting mad <laughs> that I don't open up his emails anymore. It's because my email inbox is a wasteland of email marketing messages. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I understand that he has to communicate that way, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm more tied to the phone and push notifications and text messages and, and that kind of right. stuff. So that, that right, really right. helps me uh, more than an email does. But I would right. imagine pen pal can mean just email too. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. actually writing a letter. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are like nuts. It says pen pal. <laughs> it means you're writing letters <laughs> to me, which I don't do. Yeah. I just don't write right, letters to anybody. Uh, I'm A uh, mm-hmm. nice birthday card once in a
2: while, but uh, I'm not writing letters to anybody because I can text them in seconds. When I'm when I have to actually write something, my my penmanship is horrible because I don't use it anymore. Right, everything's uh, typewritten yeah. on a on a laptop or whatnot, or your phone. So my so. penmanship has, for my entire life, been bad. I'm
1: left-handed, so there's a, there was always a challenge there. Uh, I had bad handwriting when I was a kid. When I had to write cursive or script, which they don't even teach anymore, I don't believe. Uh, I had to. I struggled badly. Teachers were irritated mm-hmm. with me, and I was a good student. They were just irritated with penmanship, So I had to spend a really long time, like, to perfect it, focusing to it. write mm-hmm. better. And I mm-hmm. hated that whole process. And then I had, like, a seventh-grade teacher that I remember this vividly. His name was Mr. Harrison. He's like, you don't have to write script in my class. He's like, if you want to print, great. And my handwriting went back to being bad in print, but I realized, like, I didn't really have to do it anymore. Uh, mm mm-hmm. And I think even in high school, I just didn't do it. So I I, I probably couldn't properly, other than my signature, which is a bunch of scribbles. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could actively write script right now. I don't know if I'd even remember how to do it from a muscle memory standpoint. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my handwriting is at an all-time worst level now. So that's it. That's it for me on those days. Go barefoot day. Is it really that? Is it really
2: one of the days too? That's one of the ones, yeah. And uh, you know, my, my daughter, she works in an office where her boss uh, wears sh- you know shorts and uh, walks around barefoot. So uh, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Be one. Yeah, with the I earth. don't.
1: Uh, I'm not a big <laughs> barefoot guy. Uh, I have jacked up feet uh, because <laughs> I have flat feet, and they hurt all the time. So I have to wear orthotics, and, mm. and you know, I wear sneakers and orthotics, and I've even. At my age now, like, punted on dress shoes. I don't even wear nice shoes anymore. I just wear comfortable Mm -hmm. shoes. Sure. Uh, Why not? Mostly sneakers. Yeah, because... I'm an adult, and it's not the 1950s anymore where I'm wearing right. a suit around the house. I just don't have to do that. So, anyway, me, you so don't wear a suit to
2: go sit to dinner with your with your uh, family, oh, like no. you know, in the uh, oh, Leave no. It to Beaver days.
1: <laughs> no, look, I, I dress like I dress. I, I wear blazers a lot. People that see mm-hmm. me on air, you look sharp. I, I wear, yeah, I wear a blazer all the time. I but I'm wearing jeans under the desk for the most part. I like you know, that look. To, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's nice and comfortable. For me, uh, I think mm-hmm. it's respectful. It means like you know what, I don't have to wear a suit. I'm not that formal, but I'm happy to dress it up, throw a pocket square in, call it a day. So yeah. back to back it's to this good. draft, and then we'll talk about some outlooks for the rest of the year. So sure. uh, just to, you can you can find on Evan Silva and on Jim Day's uh, Twitter feeds, you can find information and you can go look up this draft. But I, I think you're seeing you know Joe Mixon. I think is somebody interesting at 17. Uh, right there, Pat Mahomes is the first quarterback. He goes at 18 overall, so Sigmund Bloom went with the combo of Kelsey and Mahomes, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty interesting. Dalvin Cook is a guy here at 20. Man, that guy is going to turn fantasy teams this year, I'm telling you, because now he's sliding down the board to the point where people obviously don't trust him to stay healthy, but if he mm-hmm. does stay healthy, Dalvin Cook's going to be a monster.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and uh, it with- was we saw some video line of him. Still not
1: great. Yeah,
2: right, right. Uh, but you know, take it for what it's worth. But I uh, saw so somebody posted some uh, video of uh, Dalvin Cook Looked really good in uh, the uh, the uh, preseason uh, workout. So, but you're right. The key to him staying healthy. Yeah,
1: that's it. So here's an interesting component. So Julio Jones, Matt Berry takes it 21. Let's see who who did he have in the first round. He went early, so he had Kamara. Kamara. Uh, Mm -hmm. He had Kamara, and then he goes Julio Jones. So here's the interesting ones. Juju Smith-Schuster goes all the way down at 22, Antonio Brown all the way down at 23. So despite some people saying that they would take Odell first overall, it's really Hopkins and Devontae Adams, and then those guys start to fall. So Juju and Antonio Brown go back-to-back right in front of Mike Evans. Uh, And then the first pick of the third round was Andrew Luck. So that's when the QB started to go a little bit more. You got Luck, Mm -hmm. Mayfield. Some guys still really held off, though. Aaron Rodgers went in that third round. Matt Ryan goes to the top of the fourth round next to Russell Wilson. And then Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, and on and on. I'll break down the quarterbacks in a second. But Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster fall a little bit in this draft. Not precipitous falls, but they fell a little bit they're not the number one wide receivers overall that we heard uh with the early movement of those players
2: yeah and it's going to be interesting to see how uh uh Carr and antonio brown interact uh you know say what you will you, you not you personally but some people might not really like roethlisberger but uh he and he he could get the ball to Brown. They had a uh, very good connection. So uh, I they think They good on field uh, chemistry.
1: It was the off field yeah, chemistry yeah. that, yeah. that uh, tore them apart. And Rothenstrecker
2: tried to mend fences, in the, <laughs> which is kind of Too silly. little. Like a look. So far, too little. Too freaking late, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs>
1: yeah. You yeah. threw everybody <laughs> under the bus, every chance on the you radio, got, wherever you had, wherever so- you could,
2: right? Yeah.
1: And now you're sorry? <clears> yeah. Like, that doesn't fly. I understand mm-hmm. why guys don't like him. He hasn't been a good teammate in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. He's a great player. He's going to the Hall of Fame, Joe.
2: Mm-hmm. I like yeah. him as a player. But I think it's really obvious that he doesn't treat his teammates well. Right. It's yeah, really the stories obvious. about the way he treats he's... his teammates, practice field. and you know, I mean, a guy like Brown, maybe he talk to rookies. You know, right, right. Juju said
1: openly, it's, Ben doesn't really talk to rookies. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? That's a second-round pick, and an obviously clearly talented wide receiver. But you give him short shrift because, what is this, college or high right, school? Right, exactly, yeah. You yeah. don't talk to the freshmen? Give me a break. They're adults. Juju was the youngest player in the league. He needed help. He was the youngest right. player right. in the league when Juju started. He was 20 years old. He didn't even ride, drive a car. He rode a bicycle, and it got stolen. Remember the story? Yes, Juju that was Juju rode awesome. a bicycle yeah. to Heinz Field. <laughs> Right. Uh, and it got stolen, and then they
2: got it back. But anyway. So uh, so you know these players very well, both of them. If you had this choice, uh, you know, I'd pick number 22, and you said, look, I need to get a wide receiver, would you take uh, Smith-Schuster or Brown? And you know these two players very well, being a Steelers fan. <sighs> I think there's a chance that
1: Antonio Brown could put up the types of numbers that we're accustomed to him seeing. I don't think they'll be Mm -hmm. as high as they were in Pittsburgh because I don't think the Raiders are as good. Um, I I think he could put up really good numbers, but it'll be less efficient. Um, As far as Juju is concerned, he's now the number one. He's going to deal with the number one corners, but I do think he is talented enough to overcome that. Uh, Mm -hmm. What The biggest X factor in all of this, there's two X factors. One is Antonio Brown is obviously working with a new quarterback. And two, we don't know what James Washington is going to be in Pittsburgh. If he is mm-hmm. a very effective number two, and he was virtually nothing last year, but if he is a, a, a really legitimate number two and the offense keeps rolling, then Juju will have the better season.
2: Right, but those and are was, the X factors
1: you're having to determine. I think I would right. shade towards Juju personally because I think the Steelers' mm-hmm. offense will be better. But uh, I can't argue that Brown. I, I I wouldn't argue vehemently that he's better. Going to have a better season than Brown
2: right I forget who it was but uh, I heard an interview of someone who covers the Steelers and he said that uh, Washington's issue last year was that the Steelers asked him to play in different positions all, all over the field and when he was yeah. in college he had a specific uh, you know place where he played uh, I think he played on the outside of college he was right he yeah. was a he wasn't a slot receiver but the Steelers yeah. moved him around the field all over so hey look you know we know there are a couple of positions I mentioned tight end before where it takes uh, some tight ends uh, a year or two before they really get acclimated to playing in the nfl and and uh, you know the wide receiver position is known as a, a tough spot for rookie wide receivers so look you know i take a chance on james washington uh, this year yeah late, you know yeah, i, I just wonder runs.
1: what price you'll have to pay for him exactly as we mm-hmm. go but the, let me let me just break down what they did at running backs sure. here sure it went saquon barkley uh cmc zeke elliott kamara Gurley. That's the top five. The next five were Bell, Gordon, John, David Johnson, James Conner, and Joe Mixon. And the next five, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, Devontae Freeman. Shows you how much Fournette has fallen. I yeah. understand this league is a little unique, but Fournette, I think I just ripped off. He's the 15th running back taken. Last year, he was top five.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know what? Uh, even at the uh, as the fifteenth running back taken, uh, I still would avoid him. I just, you know, I, I'm kind of a conservative uh, drafter, and uh, you just, you just know that something's going to happen. He's going to show up late to a practice and, and get benched unexpectedly in the middle of your fantasy season or whatnot. Uh, he's just a guy that attracts bad things to him. I mean, he's obviously very. T- <laughs> ahead, I've been
1: reading about Leonard Fournette since he was a high school senior, and he was a typical, I shouldn't say typical, but I said, he's the story that, it's not the most unique story, but he wasn't from a great neighborhood, but he was seen to be a a really nice kid, and just an immense talent, Mm -hmm. uh, which we've seen other guys from before, from New Orleans, I believe, uh, went to LSU, has been lauded about for years and even from afar right now it screams to me that he needs some sort of mentorship he was a top five draft pick he's obviously got a whole bunch of money that he got from that and he's in a world of hurt as far as managing his life and the public opinion now it's not to the extent of where josh gordon dealing with substance abuse issues i don't want to overstate it but it seems to me like he really needs somebody to pull him aside and say we need you know somebody like Marshall Falk or whomever that can uh, show him the ropes. I, I mentioned Marshall just because we worked with him here on F and T S Y, and you know he's from New Orleans. I just wonder if somebody like that could lend a hand. Or I'm not enlisting him. I just wonder if a a, a veteran running back, whether in the league yeah, or yeah, like out Frank Gore's really
2: in, in Buffalo now. Yeah, if the, let's say right. if the if the Jags uh, you know had signed him, maybe he could have helped him. You know, just you know, it's almost like uh, Frank Gore's a perfect you know, example. Like yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah. I so, think that's what he needs. So, uh, and then the next group, Devontae Freeman, obviously comes with risks there. Marlon Mack, which is pretty interesting for me. The single biggest mistake I made in all of fantasy last year is I kept Marlon Mack and then released him at the beginning of October. Oh, um, oh, I needed wow. and I, I kept him, but he was at that point injured. There was the Colts were one in five and there was no sense that things were going to turn around that quickly and that mac would come back and dominate but it really hurt me in mm-hmm. that one league where i did it i had a you know i felt good about keeping him and then boom i cut him and i probably cut him for nobody that made any impact as well uh derrick henry goes all the way down he's like to 20 Almost the 19th or 20th running back taken right behind Damian Williams, right in front of David Montgomery. That's kind of an interesting value to me. Uh, uh, carry on Johnson all the way down after David Montgomery. I, I think that's kind of low for me. I think that's a really good value. Liz Loza gets Carry on Johnson. I'm not a huge believer in the Lions, but I am a believer that Carry on Johnson will see a lot of touches this year.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, you, you're right, that his uh, role should expand, you know, the second year in the league. So I think that's good value where, she, where uh, uh, Liz got him.
1: Yeah, and then you got Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram, Kenyon Drake, Sony Michel, and Phillip Lindsey. So uh, you're getting some value in that league uh, as late as the uh, the beginning of the seventh round. Uh, late sixth round is Philip Lindsey. So uh, some value there, in the, even in an experts league like that. We'll come back. We'll talk a little, little bit more football. Uh, we'll do some futures, uh, take a look at some odds on divisions and everything else uh, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So had a lot of information coming at you in these first couple of hours. Stay tuned for hour number three with Mike and Joe. Talk about whatever you want, Joe. You get to you get to set the tone for the next segment. So I'll leave it <laughs> up to you. But we gotta we gotta no. talk some features. Sure? We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network after this.